0: This has been a nice weekend for me. I've been coaching hockey, and we had our first home game this weekend. So we've been on the road to all over the Midwest for the last eight weeks. So finally, I got to get good night's sleep last night. It was just kind of nice to be in my own bed and at a decent hour and come to church. And I'm so excited to be able to, to bring the message today, the words, because the one song we sang when it talks about my, my debt is paid, there's nothing that can separate me, separate my heart from your great love. And then we talked about another song that had the word that your debt was paid in it. It's talking about your sin debt. And what what a great message when you can take what it talks about having your debt paid, which I'm guaranteeing most of us in this room know what debt is. But we're talking about the debt of sin. And it's through the blood of Christ where that was paid. And so the, when I got done preaching last time, I. I got home and I just started reading about the, the blood of Christ and, and started in Romans 3.25 and just worked my way out from there and I, and I, I picked up a CD that I, from one of the ministries that Cassie and I support and I, I plugged it in my car and I drive him back and forth around town and just plug it in and his first scripture he talks about is, is Romans 3.25 and I'm like this is where I'm going. So for the next five weeks until today even last night as I got home from, from the game I, I pull out my sermon and I'm writing notes. It's about... The blood of Jesus. You know, Jesus is our substitute. And what he did, and there's a word I'm going to use, is imputation. And what Jesus did was, what God did was perform a double imputation on us. Not an amputation, an imputation. And what that means is he took all our sin, put it on top of Jesus, in Jesus, around Jesus, and just filled them up. And then he did something even better. He took all Jesus righteous and it imputed it to us. And that's where you get this double imputation. It's like this. It's cyclical. It's a two-way street. And so 2 Corinthians five twenty-one is the first scripture I'm going to start with. It says, For our sake he, he made Christ, and I'm using the Amplified here, for, for, for our sake he made Christ virtually to be sin who knew no sin, so that in and through him we might become, and get this, endued with, viewed as being in, and examples of the righteousness of God, what we ought to be approved and acceptable and in right relationship with him by his goodness. And dude, with Jesus, really? And then you know what else? God views us as that same way. He sees Jesus in you. So not only do I have the reality of Christ as a Christian living on the inside of me, Jesus or God sees me the same way. He says that's how I see Mark. That's a good thing to know, especially when we're out there living in the world, and things come upon us. It's like, you know what? I can stand on that truth that Father God sees me that way. The great minister Charles Spurgeon said this in one of his sermons, and I think the guy wrote quite a few. The blood of the lamb, the conquering weapon. This is what he wrote back in the mid-1800s. He says, what is the conquering weapon? What sword did they fight who had overcome the red dragon? Listen, they overcome him by the blood of the lamb. Secondly, how do we use that weapon? We do as they did who overcome by the word of their testimony. What's he saying there? He says we speak out the power of the blood of Jesus, we plead the blood of Jesus, and we testify to the blood of Jesus. That's what we do. It's a reality. Let's talk about it. That's what he says. We believe, then we speak, and then we can overcome. He goes on to say there is no overcoming sin without a substitutionary sacrifice. And lo and behold, that would be Jesus, right? Right? He was our substitute. Just think if you had committed a crime and were at your sentencing and the judge says you get five years in jail or whatever. And just before they cuff you and they take you off the jail, the judge hops over the bench and he says, I'll take his punishment. And he puts out his hands and they take him away. That's exactly what Jesus did for us. That's what God did for us. The judge who says, you should be dead, you should be gone, you're so you're sinful and, and all these things. And, and he says, I'm going to take your punishment, and He covers that for us. I love that He substituted Jesus for my guilty self, and He set me free. What an amazing thing! Romans three twenty four through twenty eight in the King James version. I'm going to concentrate on on verse three twenty five a lot, but let's read three twenty four through twenty eight in the King James version. It says, "Being justified freely by His grace through through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God had set forth to be a propitiation." There's a big word. That I tell you right now, if we wrote out a definition for it, we'd get that many definitions. It basically, and I'll talk about it again, it means please God's wrath. That's what propitiation means. And it says this, and this is what I really fell in love with, through faith in his blood. That's where our faith is at. To declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God. To declare, I say at this time, his righteousness that he might be just And the justifier of him who believe in him. So what we're saying is God is just. And he's going to justify us. Because we believe in his son, Jesus Christ. And where is the boasting then? It's excluded, it says. By what law? Of works? No. But by the law of faith. And what faith? Faith in the blood of Jesus. See, one song I want you to keep in the front of your brain today is this. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And what can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Man, i got to sing that to myself sometimes. What has made me whole? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What's it telling us there? It's telling us two things. He says, as we all know, and we talk about as Christians all the time, that Jesus came and died for the forgiveness of sins. But the second part of that, that verse there says, what can make me whole again? He's saying, I came and died for your healing as well. That's what he's saying. It's two parts right there. Plus there's a zillion other things I think that God will do for you in the positive as well. It's true. I think we need to sing this song more, not in church or wherever. We, we, get, we get a good repertoire of music, but to yourself. At home, when you're having a bad day, just sing that to yourself. What was the one song we just sang, Jason, about the blood? The crim- Jesus paid it all. I had a crimson stain, and he washed it white as snow. Man, if you're having a bad day, you've got to have that reality deep down in your heart, it's going to pull you through. Mark Hankins said this in his book, The Bloodline of a Champion. And just that, just that title right there should just give you some, 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 I don't know what, some confidence, some love. Give you a little love right here, you know. While, while reaching, he says this, while reaching into heaven's holiest place, think about this, reaching into heaven's holiest place, the blood extends to man's lowest place. It frees mankind from Satan's dominion and carries righteousness, mercy, redemption, and healing. He says the blood is alive and it proves God's relentless love for us. What does that word relentless mean to you? I wrote down a couple things while we were, while we were singing there. Never ending, tenacious. Man, he's, he's got his eyes tracked or beam on you and he's not letting you go. He wants you. He wants you no matter what. And that's a good message for me to understand. Like I said, so for the last five weeks, I've just been studying on this. And you know me, when I preach, I get just like zoomed in on something, right? I get to preach a couple times every five or six weeks, maybe four or five weeks I get to preach. And so I just zoom in on one thing and and I go. And for some of you maybe here just like, okay, I think I might have heard a little bit of this before, but you know what? I got more for you today. I got a fresh revelation for you because every time you come to church, you're gonna get something new if you want. If you want it in your spirit, God will give it to you. So if you're here today and you've been told... That all your family problems, your curses, your family curses, you've been told your family tree is tainted. Maybe you've been told you're just filled with bad blood. God is here to show you he's going to do something new for you today. God will take an old truth, reveal a new revelation of his greatness to you, and he won't just sprinkle you with the blood of the lamb. He'll infuse you with his blood, the blood of the Savior. He'll infuse you with that. He'll perform a supernatural blood transfusion. He'll set you free. Today, right now, he'll fill you up with some JC positive blood. Everybody wants that, right? I don't even know what my blood type is. My O, my AB, my I positive. I have no idea. But I know that I have Jesus' blood running through my veins. And I think that's going to help me out a little bit in life. John 8.36 says, Who the Son sets free is free indeed. I love that word, indeed. I don't know exactly what it means, but it seems like it's talking right directly to my heart. See, that is the truth. Even when the lies of the enemy are right in your forefront. How many people deal with that, right? The lies of the enemy are just right on your doorstep. They're right in your, right here. They're in your house. They're in your workplace. Those lies. And where do they always originate? They always start up in the head. That's where the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. If he can get in your brain and turn it to mush, he will. That's what he wants to do. But by speaking God's truth that you're free indeed, because you are free indeed. It's going to help you. You have to remember that we overcome by my really hard works and my good luck. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my great testimony. What's my great testimony? Jesus paid it all and all to him I owe. That's my testimony. You have to tell your problem. And I might be quoting Jeannie Haas here. Do you know my Jesus? Do you know him? Mark 11.23 says, speak to the mountain, right? Speak to that mountain. And what does it say? That mountain's going to get up and it's going to be dropped into a sea. I heard a great guy say, don't just drop it in your neighbor's backyard. That's not very nice. Take your problem, speak to it, and God will drop it in the ocean. And the ocean's big and deep and wide and has enough power and size in there to absorb your mountain. That's what the word says. See, I remember playing hockey in juniors when I was 19 or 20. And junior hockey is like the Bulls team I coach. We have one of my One of my players here today, Evan. And so when I was 19 or 20, uh, uh, I think it was my third year in the league, I was one of the better guys in the league and I'd line up at a faceoff to start the game. This This is honest, I remember back this a couple times. And there's three guys on an offensive line. There's a right winger, a center, and a left winger. I played right wing back in junior. So I'm lined up right here and this guy lines up across from me. And what always happened was every game, I'm not kidding you, almost every game, someone would come up and say, I'm gonna kill you, I'm gonna knock your teeth out. I'm gonna take you out of the game. But lo and behold, playing left wing on my line was my friend Greg Faulkner. And Greg was six foot two, about 220 pounds. Played on the 20 and under Canadian national rugby team. He was a beast. So I would just look across at the guy. I looked down at Greg and I'd say, have you met my friend Greg? Do you know Greg? And the guy would look down there, and he'd look at Greg. And I'm not kidding you, a lot of times guys would just look at me and say, Hey, have a great Hixie. Have a great game, Hixie. And I'd say, That's what I thought. <laughs> See, as a believer though, we got it way better, right? When the accuser comes in any way, shape, or form, you just need to say, Have you fr- have you met my friend Jesus? He'll be taking care of me today and forever. And that's what the enemy, he has to flee. And you can boldly say to Satan, yeah, that's what I thought. See, I have to remind Satan. I have to remind Satan that the blood of Jesus has already been spilled in my, for my redemption. i got to remind him. you got to remind him. We have to remind him all the time. Because there's a million people out there that are re- going to remind you of the exact opposite. So who's going to stand in your place when you're all alone at work or at school or somewhere? you got to be bold and stand and say, this is who I am. This is what the blood has done for me, and you're not going to get in my kitchen today, Satan. You're no longer welcome here, and you've got to go. Now, someone at work might hear you saying that out loud and look at you like, cuckoo. But you know what? It works. You have to speak to the enemy, you have to tell him to go. In the old days, back in the Old Testament, we see in Leviticus and Numbers, and uh, it was the blood of goats that atoned for your sin, right? The blood just covered your sins for a year, but they did not remove your sin. See, what this was, was that the that, that shedding of the animal's blood was the, was the foreshadowing of the blood that was to come, right? So I'm gonna briefly look through Leviticus 16 here quickly, and I'll start at 14. It says, he, who is the high priest, shall take some of the blood of the bull, sprinkle it with his finger on the mercy seat, which is a key word there. And before the mercy seat, he shall sprinkle some blood with his finger seven times. Then he shall kill the goat of the sin offering, which is for the people, bring it, its blood inside the veil, do with the blood as he did with the blood of the bull and sprinkle it on the mercy seat. There we go again. So he shall make atonement for the holy place because of the uncleanliness of the children of Israel and because of their transgressions for all their sins. So he shall do for the tabernacle of meeting and remains among them in the midst of their uncleanliness. See that? That's how your sins were uh, covered for one year in the Old Testament. So then I looked at Hebrews Ten nineteen, and that's a great scripture in the video because that Old Testament scripture is awesome. Because I look at it and it just points me right now as as a Christian, as I know a little bit about the New Testament, it points me right to Jesus, and I'm thinking, wow, it's, this is this is great. But then I read Hebrews ten nineteen through twenty two, and it says this, and it, it, it piggybacks, if you ask me. He says, and so dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's Holy's most most holy place, because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus Jesus opened a new and life giving way through the curtain, through the curtain, which is the veil, into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him, for our guilty conscience have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. Man, I think that guy is just, who wrote that Hebrews has just got Leviticus right there, and he's just like ticking them off. Yeah, that's good. That's covered. That's covered. That's covered. That's what he's saying in Hebrews. He's like, how awesome that was back then, and it worked. Look how much more awesome it is now, because it really, 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 really works. It's the blood of Jesus. Do you see the shift there, the transfer of authority? We have been given authority to go into the temple. See, no regular person was allowed to go in there back then, right? Today, as a believer, you're covered in your mess, even in your mess, as you go into the temple. Jesus is the high priest today. No more bulls and goats because it's his blood. There's no veil separating the temple. What happened the day Jesus died? It was rent. It was torn in two. What's that mean? The thing that separated you from God is no longer there anymore because of what he did on the cross. That's what it's saying. That's what Hebrews, that that scripture's saying. He's saying, now how awesome that scripture was in Leviticus, look how much more awesome we got it now. I don't even know if that's good English, but it works today. Awesomer. Jim used to say, "This is way more awesomer," and that meant just like it was really, really awesome, right? But the thing is, not everybody who's been freed is free. Think about that for a second. Do you realize when Abraham Lincoln freed the slaves in the 1860s with the Emancipation Proclamation that some of the slaves stayed slaves for over a year? For a couple of reasons. What were the reasons? One was because no one told them about it. And the other reason was some of them was because they were afraid. See, they were freed, but they weren't free. A piece of paper had said, You have been freed. You are no longer a slave. But they live as slaves, some of them. So it's, unlo- it's like unlocking a prison door and says, You're free to go. And what do you do? You just sit in jail. You're freed, but you choose to sit in your cell. It's the same thing. And I love what Pastor Jeff talked about the past few weeks where he says the enemy will use deception to keep you down and defeated. That's what, he, that's what he was talking about. He says, the enemy will use deception, but you have a savior. That's, the, that's the, the difference here. Jesus doesn't use any deception. He tells you the truth. And the enemy says, I will deceive you all the time. And you know what? It's, it's we as humans, even the born-again believers, the spirit-filled ones have been doing this for their whole life, that get deceived. But you know what? The same, same words that we confessed unto Jesus to become Christians, we can use our same mouth to speak out that, no, you've been defeated and you've got to go. And what does the Bible say? He must flee. He's got to go. See, when you're born again, you get a new spirit. Okay? It's the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. And I like to say, we like to talk about that it's one third of you is a spirit. And you have the mind and then you have the body, right? So then your mind's kind of like that middle person. So when you renew your mind to the Word of God, so then all of a sudden when you're, when you're thinking godly thoughts, you've got one third of you, the Spirit, which is perfect, another third of you, which is got the mind of Christ, because you've trained it up, and then there's the body, right? That you've got to tell it what to do, right? But if you're not in the Word, and you're not renewing your mind to the Word of God, then your mind is going to start thinking like the world, and it's going to tell your body what to do. And then that two-thirds of you is running the show. See what I'm saying here? So we have to realize we're born again, spirit-filled, that we have the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead on the inside of us. When we renew our mind and we do those things, then we're going to live like Christ most of the time. (laughs) Some of the time, right? But when you check yourself and you realize that, hey, I'm not doing the way things God had planned for me. You have to understand, what are we renewing our mind to? Because our spirit's perfect, and we can always start there. Our spirit is always perfect. I'll go back to the King James Version of Romans 3.25, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood, it says, to declare his righteousness. And like I said, propitiation, it says Jesus appeased God's wrath. Another commentary note said this, it expresses the profound love and grace of both God, and God the Father, and Jesus Christ. Go home and look up propitiation. It's not a word we use every day. You, know, you just don't sit around and say, yes, the propitiation was awesome today. You're like, who, who is this guy? Right? We don't talk like that. But it's such a profound word that it only means to me one thing. That God appeases wrath. Isn't that amazing? There's a, a great uh, guy by the name of John Piper, a pastor, which some of you guys know. Maybe some of you don't, but he said this, and he studied Romans 3.25. He said this about Romans 3.25. He said, God in his wrath had pointed a giant flamethrower at mankind. But Jesus jumped in front of the flame, and mankind never even felt the heat. Do you know when you feel the heat? When God's covered you? Or Jesus covered you? As we try to like peek around. What's that flame? Where's that coming from? Ow! I got burned, right? Isn't that amazing? It doesn't say we got a little, our temperature went up. We got a little, whew, hot. It says nothing. It says, we didn't even feel the heat. I love that quote. Romans 3.25 in the New England, New English translation says, his blood is replaced with mercy seat. So this is what the scripture says there. God publicly displayed him at death as the mercy seat. Accessible through faith. Do you see how that goes back to that scripture in Leviticus? It says it about four times there. They sprinkle blood on the mercy seat. Well, today what they're saying is the blood of Christ is the mercy seat. That's what it's saying there. Romans 5.9 says, Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? Romans 5.18 says, Consequently, just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for his people, Adam and Eve, right? So also one righteous act, the crucifixion, resurrection of Christ and the Ascension resulted in justification and life for all people. There's the blood right there, because the spilt blood of Jesus Christ, we can go boldly to the throne. John's, John Wesley's notes on Romans 3 include these insights. I think I got them up there, maybe not. Uh, we'll see if, if OK. And, and a couple phrases. And he says, and you are and are justified," which means pardoned and accepted. freely. Without any merit of their own, that's us. By his grace, not their own righteous works, through the redemption. The Christ is paid freely by his grace. Isn't that great. Whom God has set forth before angels of men, a propitiation, there's that word, to appease an offended God, to declare his righteousness. It says that means to demonstrate not only his clemency, but his justice. What does the word clemency mean? You know, we always hear about when people are on death row, right? Is the governor going to give this guy some clemency? Is he going to give him clemency? What's that mean? He basically sets him free, right? That's what Jesus did. Through, what God did through Jesus. We got clemency. He's like, you don't deserve this. I'm letting you go. Andrew Murray said this about the blood of Christ, and he wrote about it a lot. He wrote over 240 books. He says this, he who once gave his blood for us, surely every moment will impart its effectiveness. Isn't that great? Trust him to do this, he says. Trust him to open your eyes and give you deeper spiritual insight. Trust him to teach you to think about the blood as God thinks about it. So what does God think about you when he put that, when Jesus on the cross? He loved you so much that he sent his only son that whoever believes in him shall have everlasting life. That points right to it right there. Trust him to impart to you and to make effective in you all that he enables you to see. Isn't that great? He wants to impart to you great things, and he wants to make them effective in your life. That's what Andrew Murray's saying about the word of God, about that scripture. Revelations twelve eleven, which I, I talked a little bit about before, says, and they defeated him by the blood of the lamb and, the, and their testimony. The NIV says, they triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Man, you gotta speak it out, Right? What are you testifying to? A lot of times we testify to all bunch of garbage, and then we get over and testify to the truth. Well, we could just start there. Let's start there. I know when we're in the when we're in the situations and circumstances, and the things are right at your feet. It's hard. It is. But you know what? God's word never returns void, so we can just remind ourselves of what He's already said about us. The blood of Jesus is liquid love that flows from the heart of God. It gives us hope in all circumstances. There's power in the blood of Jesus. Amen? Not only will you clearly see in the Bible what the blood has done for you, right? You can see that all the way back into the Old Testament, what certain kinds of blood did for us. And then we can see what Jesus did for us through his blood. But also, what it is doing in you right now. It just wasn't a event that happened that we believe in it and we go, whew, that was, hard. I'm, I'm good now. God did that for you so you can realize the power of the blood of Christ and allow it to grow deeply on the inside of you and then you can be set free from whatever. And then you can conquer whatever. That's what he's talking about. But what it does in you as a believer, what he did 2,000 years ago, is just as powerful inside you today. Think about it. There's two thought process, processes that I can come to in my head at any given time or you can too. I'm not good enough. I'm a failure. I don't like those ones. Or I'm the righteousness of God. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Which one sounds better to me? Which one do you think God is thinking about me right now? That's what I have to look at. I do every, all the time. And I know a lot of you guys struggle with that too as well. You have to differentiate who's talking to me. Who told me I was naked in the garden? I think is what God said to Adam and Eve. Right? Who told you you were naked? You were fine five minutes ago. And they're hiding from God. And God says, get out here in the open, you're fine. Come fellowship with me. I don't care what you look like right now. That's what he's saying to you right now. I don't care what you look like, what you feel like. Just come out and fellowship with me right now. And God's telling us, telling that to everybody here today. Whether you're born again, whether you're not born again, whether you've been a Christian for your whole life or whether you just maybe confess Christ in the last two days. He's telling you the same thing. You're worthy and my blood's covered at all. God has rescued us from the power of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of his son, whom he loves. Colossians 1.13. If he did that to his son, how much he loves, how much does he love you? That's what he did for you. Colossians 1.13 and the message says, God rest, and I love this version, God rescued us from dead-end alleys and dark dungeons. He set us up in the kingdom of the sun he loves so much. The Son who got us out of the pit we were in got rid of the sins we were doomed to keep repeating. How did he do that? By the blood of the lamb. And that word rescued there is awesome, but I'll just read one definition from the Ellicott's commentary. It means the word Romani in Greek. And it means this. Rescued means this. Dragging a person out of a battle or from the jaws of danger. I think about that and I think of Daniel in the lion's den, right? And the jaws of the lions just, they're there. It wasn't like God put anything over there, put a muzzle on the lions. He was throwing in with some hungry lions. But you know what? God rescued Daniel. And he'll rescue you today from from that, what's that? Roaring lion that's cruising around earth, searching for someone to destroy. He'll rescue from him today as well. But our Father is so generous, He doesn't stop there. He, He doesn't say, I've rescued you. Have a nice day. He takes you from that kingdom of darkness and puts you in the kingdom of light. He brightens your day. He brightens your life. The great commentary in Barnes put it this way. This change is made in regeneration, which is salvation he's talking about, by which we pass from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. From the empire of sin, ignorance, and misery to one of holiness, knowledge, and happiness. No change, therefore, in a person's life is so important than this. Man, all last year in the children's ministry downstairs, Pastor Janie had up this little poster, and it was the kingdom of God, the kingdom of light, with all its little attributes, and it was like, ah. And then over here, next to that poster, was the kingdom of darkness, and it was red and black, and it was just awful. And it's like, you're teaching these three and four year old kids, junior high kids, high school kids, I mean, we should have that poster up here too. It's, that's what, I get that image. There's this kingdom, and there's this kingdom. Which am I going to roam around in today? I choose to, to walk in the kingdom of light because God's son, through his blood, has provided me that opportunity to do that. So I'm going to walk in that kingdom. And we move into that new kingdom. It's a new neighborhood. We were talking the other day, Cassie and I, about in the natural, and I've mentioned this before, a glass for a pessimist is half empty, right? Oh, you're, you're a pessimist. Your glass is half empty. But you're an optimist and your glass is half full. I thought about that one day, and I think I, t- I talked about it up here and I was like, that's ridiculous. I don't want a half full glass. That's the same as a half empty glass, right? As a Christian, my cup is overflowing. Wouldn't it be great? if, like I, we got these new uh, cups up here and, uh, for, for communion up here. It's like if they were just like a fountain, like overflowing, right? Just make a, It would make quite a mess, but it would give you... Sorry, not worry, I, I usually have to pick up the community anyway, so it wouldn't be any we'll worry about you guys. i give it to Joel. He's, he, he'd even know what to do. The thing is, that's kind of what, what, what God's saying. He's just like, I'm going to overflow you. Just keep it coming and coming and coming. The only way it doesn't keep coming and coming is when we just like to, we We shut it off. Put the cup over here or whatever. God's fountain is overflowing. We have a chocolate fountain in the basement, I think, down here that we got somehow... And it's like we go down there to get stuff and my granddaughter's like, I want that at my birthday. <laughs> chocolate fountain. I'm like, why is it? Because just it looks like it's just non-stop chocolate, right? Just boom, boom. How much more is the blood of Christ? <laughs> what he's done for you. He just overflows and overflows. And it's the accuser of the brethren, Satan, that can only speak to your mind. It talks about that in Revelation, right? I, right, I think it's Revelation 12:10. right before that, about the accuser of brethren, and then it says right after that, but we overcome him, the red dragon, Satan, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. We all know, we're not stupid, that the enemy's gonna come kill, steal, and destroy. We know that, but we just can't lay down and go, oh, he's got me. We can't do that. We have to speak it out because we've already overcome by the blood of the Lamb. It's our testimony. What are you testifying to? Are you testifying that you're part of a royal bloodline? That you're part of a royal family, that you have God's blood infused into you, you've been engrafted into the vine. Man, those are some good news words right there for you. That's whose kingdom you're a part of. My blood does not match up with Jesus' blood exactly, but his blood paved the way and engrafted me in to his, into that royal kingdom. Our faith in him and his blood, God is saved, got us healed at the cross is what that scripture said earlier. Or what that song said, excuse me. It's a benefit of being his child. It's a benefit. I've talked about this before. You go home and you check out your benefits that you have at work. Everybody does. What's your benefit package look like? Right? Well, we've got a benefit package for the kingdom. There's no deductible. Nothing. It's free. It's better than any government-induced plan that we have right now. It's it's free. It's from your Father God. He says, "I got a benefit package for you that'll blow your head off." It's amazing, in a good way. <laughs> so when we think about that, we come for communion. When you think about it. And when we, when Jason comes up and worships here in a minute, give the opportunity for you to come up and take communion. And if you're a Christian, we welcome you wherever you. If you've never been here before, communion is for anyone who believes. On Jesus. Anyone. And you come up and you you take that the cracker in your hand, which represents the body of Christ, and you, you take that juice. It's not wine, it's juice. And you dip it in. That's how we do it here, we dip it in there, representing that blood. And what you're doing is you're saying, and you take it and you're like, Father God, thank you. Thank you for the spilled blood of your son. Thank you. That the word of our testimony is always yes and amen to what God has for us. The word of your testimony. Think about that. What is your testimony? I've had to give my testimony before. And I've heard other people give their testimonies. And the best testimonies I've ever heard are the ones that talk about their issues and their circumstances for about two minutes. And then they talk about what Jesus did in their life for the next hour and a half. And we're just like, oh, yeah! That's awesome! You know, I get excited at the hockey game the other night. We scored 12 goals last night. And on the 10th goal, I was like, yeah! And one of the kids goes, man, you're really, you're really excited, coach. I was like, yeah, I am. But you know what? I'm more excited when I see people come to Christ, when people get set free. I'm like, no. Oh. I want a little bit of, like, that, that's what I love about Pastor Jim. It's like, he's just like, oh, he's just like, yeah. Maybe up here kickboxing and punching people, but, you know. <laughs> He would. If you let him go, if you turned him loose, we'd be all running for the air. He'd be like (laughs) taking out demons and Satan and all this stuff. But he's excited about it. It's like it's not depressing being a Christian. It's the most awesome thing ever. And that's your testimony. You've already overcome by the blood of the Lamb. Right? That's good news. And we testify to that in all we do and what we say from there on. Amen? I'll invite the worship team up. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for your great word that you've already given us, that you've already planted into our hearts. Father God, we thank you for your blood that was spilt for me and for everybody here today. And we thank you that as we speak out your great words, as we testify to your truth, Father God, you'll remind us of who we are in you and allow us to overcome because your blood was spilled for all mankind. Father God, I thank you if there's nobody here, or there's somebody here today that doesn't know you, that's never confessed you as Lord, Father, that you would just speak to them right now and when they confess with their mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in their heart that God raised him from the dead that they would be saved. So Father, I thank you there's people right here in church today that are feeling the Holy Spirit just lean into them and telling them that you are awesome, that you are loved, that you are a child of God here today as you confess that. And Father, as we come for communion, we come with joy and happiness, Father, no matter our situation, and we take that communion, Father God, and remind us that we've been set free by the blood of the Lamb. And Father, as we go forth from here today, we're going to testify to your greatness and all the great things he's doing in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.